Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, another day in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Damon Cotton, your boy Q, we're with you for the next three hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness in this Raiders offseason. Got a plenty to talk to when it, or talk about when it comes to the silver and black. Spent a lot of time yesterday talking about uh, guys on the current Raiders roster, guys that, you know, are going to be free agents, guys that should be priorities to come back. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to have conversations like that, but we'll also continue to, to move forward and start thinking about, okay, if you are part of that, you know, construction of the team, if you're trying to put the Raiders together for a 2023 run, how would you do it? So that'll be part of the conversation that we have for you today. Very excited about our opportunity with you for the next three hours. Excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show, including Adam Hill from the RJ and ESPN Las Vegas. He'll join us at 2.30, uh, freshly coming off his uh, Nevada Sports Writer uh, of the Year Award. Pretty cool. Uh, I voted for him, so I was very happy that he won. He's a good dude. Uh, excited about him and uh, that opportunity to, to be that award winner. And I fell a little short, but it's okay. It's okay. As soon as I saw the news drop, I texted him, I demand a recount. <laughs> Why you doing like that? Why can't he win? He texted me and he said, I said the same thing. That's funny. That is funny. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, it's always, it's always a, a little tough because everyone that was a nominee – was very well deserving, but you could only pick one, and you couldn't vote for yourself. That was the thing about it. You couldn't vote for yourself. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm, you know, I'm a kind of a greedy dude. <laughs> if I could have voted for myself, I would have. <laughs> it might have been that one more vote I needed. So uh, got a shout-out, though, to, uh, to uh, Kevin. Kevin uh, from uh, Fox 5 News, as a matter of fact, Fox 5 Sports. Uh, he works side-by-side with Paloma Villacana. Uh, he won Sports Broadcaster of the Year for Nevada. So uh, shout-out to Kevin. He's a really good dude. And I, as I mentioned the other day, he's a Cadillac guy. So you can't go wrong with the Cadillac guy. I actually said that to him in the parking lot when we were leaving Allegiant Stadium on Saturday. He was parked kind of across from me. And I said, Kevin, I knew I liked you, man. I knew I always liked you. You're a Cadillac guy, man. Can't go wrong with the Cadillac. So. That's all it took. That's all it took. That's all it took. I knew that he was all right by me. And it's funny because he said that he had the the smaller Cadillac because, you know, his wife doesn't like to drive the bigger one. And I said, I got the bigger Cadillac because I don't like my wife to drive the <laughs> Cadillac. <laughs> so that was my reasoning behind it. Like, yeah, no thanks. So, uh, yeah, shout out to my guy, uh, Kevin, who was uh, the winner of the Nevada Sports Broadcaster of the Year Award. And Adam Hill, who will be our guest at 2.30, was a sports writer of the year. And we'll talk all things silver and black and just kind of the state of the the team, where it stands right now. You know, who's a priority to bring back, as we talked about yesterday on the show. And also, you know, kind of looking at what you would do moving forward. How do you put this team together? You know, what are some things that need to be improved from what you saw this 2022 season? Obviously, when you're 6-11, and 11, there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, there's some things that the Raiders did good, but there's also a lot of things that they didn't do good. And, and that's the reason why they ended up with six wins and not more. So Adam Hill will join us at 2.30 at 3 o'clock each and every Wednesday up until the Shrine Bowl. We'll talk to Eric Galco, who is the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl director of uh, player personnel, pretty much. I mean, he's, he's the, the main scout. He's been in scouting for a very long time. And uh, that kind of helps us start to transition into what the draft will potentially look like. And I know that the draft is, I say far away, it's not till April, but it'll be here sooner rather than later and one of the main steps in getting your name out there uh, for scouts and GMs is the Shrine Bowl and they have plenty of these different showcase games they have the Senior Bowl obviously that's a big deal as well but the Shrine Bowl is a big deal too and a lot of big time players have come from the Shrine Bowl. There's, and and Demond brought up, you know, Tom Brady played in the Shrine Bowl back in the day. Brock Purdy played in the Shrine Bowl. You know, I bring up Tyquan Thornton last year played in the Shrine Bowl right here in Las Vegas. And there's going to be many different players that will go on to do some really good things playing the Shrine Bowl. So uh, we'll have tickets to that. We'll be out there at the event, not only the day of the the game, which is Thursday, February second, but also the week leading up to it. We'll be out there talking to the players that are there. They have a media day that I'm excited about. So uh, very excited about the East West Shrine Bowl and everything leading up to it and it's right here in our backyard so Eric Galco will join us at three o'clock and tomorrow when we start talking to these these guys from college the college ranks and you know that they're trying to get into the draft and they're trying to improve their stock it's almost one of those exciting moments 
Yeah, it is because it's almost that feeling of I knew him when. Right. Or just like yeah. also for that selfish part of it. But when you see these guys and you listen to them talk, where it, I don't care who the prospect is. After you talk to someone, you become a fan of them. When you realize that someone at this process, they're trying to make their dream come true. That's that dream thing. that yep. they've only been working for for, let's say, 22 years. Right. But this is their realization. And then, hey, they got to work as hard as they can for the next three months to try to make that a reality. Absolutely. We found out today one of the questions that you've asked Eric Galco multiple times is okay there's going to be NFL coaching staffs they're going to be you know on the sidelines for the for the East West Shrine Bowl who are the coaching staffs going to be and he didn't have an answer and then today uh, I saw on Twitter early this morning uh, Adam Schefter put it out that it was going to be the Falcons and the Patriots those were going to be the two coaching staffs that were going to be coaching it up all week long at the Shrine Bowl so if you're these guys like you just mentioned that are they're pursuing this dream you're getting coached up by the Patriots coaching staff. You're getting coached up by the Falcons coaching staff. And I don't give a damn what the records are for those teams. Those are NFL coaches. Regardless how you feel about those teams, those are NFL coaches. And if you're a young guy getting an opportunity to maybe dip your toes into the waters that is the NFL, and you get some NFL coaches to give you some instruction for a week, man, you can't ask for too much more. Exactly, especially when it comes from teams that didn't make the playoffs. If you're a defensive player, Mm -hmm. you're going to get to learn from one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time, Bill Belichick, his staff. You got Gerard Mayo, you got Steven Belichick, and then you also have the offensive coordinator, Matt right. Patricia, he could teach you on that defensive side right. as well. And then on— <laughs> Not so much offense. <laughs> and then on the Falcons side, I know that the Falcons haven't been the team. They're not one of those splashy teams. Right. But Arthur Smith is a great offensive mind. I know I'm a little biased from his time from the Titans. He was great there. Yes, when the offensive coordinator leaves, he got that head coaching job for a reason yep. because he showed what he could do with the Titans, what you could give him his own system. And he's probably—the Falcons— Sooner than later, it's a bad division, so they they may be on the rise in the years to come. Desmond Ritter's been looking pretty good for them, so it's a lot to learn from. No, it is. I'll tell you this. I talk about Cliff Kingsbury all the time, and I don't like to talk about guys that just recently got fired. I don't think he's a very good coach. I really don't like a head coach. But even if Cliff Kingsbury was on the coaching staff of uh, opportunity, and I'm a young guy trying to get into the league, I don't care if you just got fired, you just got hired, how good you're really ranked. You're an NFL coach, and you could teach me something that I don't already know. That's the biggest deal, man. And so to have that kind of experience, and, you know, the game will be played on the second, but it's really the week of practice and the instructions. And that's one of the things that we'll concentrate on, at least I will, with Eric at 3 o'clock when he joins the show, is the fact that, you know, in that week time that they're with you, what is the focus? You can't cram everything into a week. So... I know you're going to go over basics, but what are those basics looking like? What is it that you really want to focus in on and say, okay, if you take anything away from this week, take away this. That's kind of where I want to go. We get to talk to Eric every single week, every single Wednesday at 3 o'clock, leading up to the the Shrine Bowl. So uh, we have plenty of time to talk about specific players and this, that, and the other. But I really want to kind of get into the nuts and bolts and, okay, how is the sausage made when it comes to – you know, that week of preparation leading up to the Shrine Bowl. So that will be at 3 o'clock with Eric Galco, again, player or, or director of personnel with the Shrine Bowl. And then at 3.30, our normal Wednesday guest, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, she'll talk all things UNLV. And uh, they're in action tonight. They uh, take on Boise State, uh, coming off a big win over New Mexico. That was a big win that they needed. New Mexico was 21st ranked when, uh, when UNLV took them on and beat them. And, oh, by the way, they needed a win in conference play, and they picked it up. Now, DeMond, can they... Can they grab that momentum and build off of that victory that they had? Oh, of course they can, because I'll use the momentum word for right now. When yeah, you beat the best it, team in the conference, that's got to be the momentum builder. That's got to be the confidence builder after two disappointing losses. But if you can beat the best, I mean, we said it last week when Brock Purdy, excuse me, not Brock Purdy, when Jared Stidham, when he had that good game against the 49ers, yeah. if he could do that against the best defense, obviously it didn't work out. But that's why that narrative gets created, because you beat the best team in the conference, as UNLV did against New Mexico, going in the pit. Yeah, <laughs> it was real scary, huh? He did that in air quotes, too. <laughs> Just want you to know, for those that obviously you can't see us, he did that in air quotes. He's feeling good about himself. Yeah, if you're a New Mexico fan, come at me, but I doubt that they have that many. Wow. Um, but Boise State, and I this this is also a game that's it's a little bit tricky because the Mountain West, it doesn't get that respect as a conference. It's not a Power 5 conference, but when it comes to basketball, they are one of the better conferences out there. So every conference game is going to be tough not overlooking Boise State. But I do think that UNLV has the momentum on their side. All right. Well, I like to hear that momentum word. But we'll talk to Paloma Villacana, all things UNLV. We'll also go dip into some Josh Jacobs questions about uh, with her as well uh, since she's really good friends with Josh. And- 
been covering him since college and I uh, like to ask her questions about Josh at times from time to time. So Paloma Villacana will join us at 3.30. Those are the guests that we have. Adam Hill at 2.30. Eric Galco from the East-West Shrine Bowl game at 3. Paloma Villacana at 3.30. Not only that, we have more sounds from the Raiders locker room coming up around 2.45-ish, maybe a little 2.50-ish. Uh, Deron Hartman, uh, Raider safety, good dude, man, real good dude. Uh, I think he's been a heck of a player. He's one of the guys I suggested that the Raiders bring back for 2023 if he wants to return. Uh, I think that that would be important. You'll hear that conversation around 2.45. Uh, we also have Josh Jacobs from Saturday that will play at some point in the show. Amir Abdullah from Monday that will play at some point in the show. And we'll also get into some head coach Josh McDaniel sounds from Monday as well. So clearly, we have a lot to get to on today's show as we do each and every day. Very happy to be with you for the next three hours. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So 702-365-9200, sorry. Uh, and then also the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. We went over the list of free agents that the Raiders have, uh, their own free agents for 2023, uh, guys that they're going to have to decipher through and that they're deciphering through right now. Dave Ziegler's going through the list. He's going through the film. Uh, deciding who fits, who doesn't, who they want to bring back, who's a priority and who's not. He's doing that right now. We did that on yesterday's show. Actually, I thought it was a lot of fun. I really did. I thought it was a lot of fun seeing where people's priorities are at. So now that, let's just say, we've brought back our priorities already. We did that on yesterday's show. Now, if you could pick one person, one big ticket free agent, because, look, you can't buy everybody, and I think that's a bad way to you know, approach things. But we know that the Raiders have a lot of improvement that they need to make. Uh, they need to improve the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line, and, and, well, the defense in general, right? The defense needs a whole complete overhaul, in my opinion. But the offensive line needs upgrading as well. So if you can get one big-ticket free agent, you can't buy a bunch, just one. You've got enough dinero to get one big-ticket free agent. Who would you get or what would you get? Because I realize it's only January 11th, and you might not have every free agent in your mind. Like, okay, hey, this is the guy I want. This is the guy I want. Give him five years, 71 minutes, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm not talking about your own free agents. So you don't have to include Josh Jacobs in that because he's your own free agent. You can. You don't have to worry about your own cats. We, we already took care of that yesterday. I'm talking about guys outside the building. If you could get one big ticket guy, who would you focus in on? That's going to be the question that we have. How would you improve the roster? Again, you don't have to give me the name of the person. You could just give me the position. And, hell, we can go through it. We can go. I could pull it up immediately. You could tell me, hey, I'll go with the best safety out there available. Or I'll go with this, you know. And we can go through it pretty quickly. We have ways of doing this. DeMond is quick on the computer. We can make it happen. We can pull up who's the, who's the free agents or who's the supposed to be free agents and go from there. I'll start because I have one guy. Just one guy as a free agent that I'm targeting. Last year, I think I had about three guys that I was tar- targeted in on. Quentin Moses, the offensive lineman that eventually, he was with the Jets and he went to Baltimore. That was one guy that I thought that they should target. Um, James Bradbury was another guy that I talked about quite a bit. Thought he would help the, with the, the defense and, and the secondary. He did really well in Philadelphia. Now, a lot of people say, see, should have gone with Bradbury, Q. Not necessarily. I mean, the success he had in Philly you have to remember, he had Darius Big Play Slay across from him, too. So he, I know he has like four interceptions on the season. I think that James Bradbury is a good DB. I thought he would have been a good addition. But if he had that early success, would teams continue to throw at him? Or would they have gone across from him? You know what I mean? So just because he had success in Philadelphia doesn't mean it would have been the same success with the Raiders. But I did think that Bradbury was a, a guy that they should have thought about bringing in. Uh, I think that the price tag that, that, that Philly ended up paying was more than what the Raiders wanted to pay. So those are two off top that I thought about. I thought there was one more free agent that I was uh, that I was pretty adamant about. J.C. Jackson. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they didn't listen to me then. <laughs> Raider Nation is glad that they didn't listen to me. <laughs> they don't listen to me anyway, but be glad. See, that's when one of those times when keeping it real <laughs> goes bad, right? Yeah. I was keeping it real. J.C. Jackson is the truth. He's the guy until he wasn't. That went bad. You're right. J.C. Jackson was the other one. So, look, two out of three guys actually ended up being good players. The other one, the highest priced of all, (laughs) ended up being the worst one. So that's how it works sometimes. But for me, I'll start this off. I only have one. If if Dave Ziegler is listening, and he does, if he's listening right now, I'm telling him the one name I have in mind 
for a, a big-ticket free agent, and he's going to be a big ticket. It's not like you're going to be able to get him cheap. That would be Deron Payne. I brought up his name a couple times uh, on the show, and, and that's who I would pick. I, I look at Washington. I see that they already have uh, Jonathan Allen already under contract extension. They have Chase Young that they've got to pay pretty soon. Are they really going to have enough money for Deron Payne, too? I don't think so. And again, he's going to cost money. He's not going to be cheap at all. But that would be the direction that I would go. I would say, you know what? They need a dominant defensive tackle, a guy who can get it done from the interior. You know, I liked what I like what Andrew Billings, Bilal Nichols, I like what they were able to bring to the table, but they just weren't those guys that can create that that pass rush that the Raiders so desperately need from the middle. And even Jerry Tillery, for the short time that he was with the Raiders, he had a couple moments where it was like, okay. Okay, I see what he's got. And then all of a sudden, you saw why he you know, ended up being let go. Deron Payne, this season with Washington, had 11 and a half sacks. 11 and a half. That would have been second on the Raiders to Max Crosby's 12 and a half. Now, you, now that's, that's how you put together a pass rush. You have Crosby on one end. You have a dude like this on the other with 11 and a half sacks. And then you – well, he's in the middle. And then you have another dude on the other end. If Deron Payne had been in the middle of the Raiders' defense – just for example, just for S's and giggles, 11 and a half sacks from him. You have tw- and I'm, I know that it doesn't necessarily mean that he would have the same numbers with the Raiders. I get that. Even the four and a half sacks that, that Chandler Jones ended up having don't look as bad if you have a guy that's getting pressure from the middle like that, right? Because then you're not relying solely on Chandler Jones. You want more production from him, but could you imagine getting four and a half sacks from Chandler, 11 and a half from Payne, Right, that's 16 sacks right there, and then all of a sudden, by the way, you got 12 and a half from your alpha dog right there. That's almost 30 sacks between those three cats, and you're going to get a guy like a Denzel Perryman to get a couple as he's shooting the gap, or a guy like Nate Hobbs comes screaming off the edge, or Meek Robertson, or Tyler Hall. You know, he's like so. Right there, if you have that kind of production from those three cats, even if one like Chandler Jones, I would like to see him closer to double digits. But even if he's only going to have five or six sacks a season and you're getting double-digit sacks from Max, and you're getting double digits from the interior, now you're cooking with grease. Now you're giving yourself an opportunity. So for me, if it's one guy that I got to pick, or one position, because, it's again, it's early, and everyone might not know every free agent that's out there, I'm going to Ron Payne. The one guy that I know is a difference maker and can get in the middle of that defensive line and make life so much easier on Max. What was Max Crosby talking about in the locker room? He wants guys that want to be great. Guess what? Jerome Payne is a guy that wants to be great. Just that simple. The guy that I'm going to go with, I'm going to go against the grain, but still stay on the defensive side of the ball. (laughs) And I know this is one of those, you don't trade for a guy and let him walk in free agency, but hey, you never know. C.J. Gardner-Johnson off the Eagles. Yeah, he's a good one. He's a good one. Safety, huh? Yeah, a safety. Where it comes to, I know that getting that pressure up front, you know, that's where you see teams being built. But I do think that this secondary, it's what's lacking the most on this team. Where, you know, if you go the three, you know, phases on the defense, the secondary is the one, to me, that could be improved the most. Or if you get a big-time guy in safety, we know he's got the coverage skills, used to play some corner. I think he's had a career-high six interceptions this season. Yeah, he did. So that's a guy to me. If you could steal him away from Philadelphia, I know that they're not probably – you're not going to let a guy go that you just traded for this past offseason. But if it's possible, that's somebody that the Raiders should say, hey, what do you think? That's a guy that, for me, Deron Payne's not a bad choice as well. But for me, that secondary needs to be drastically improved. Where you could still say getting after the quarterback, hey, the edge is okay. Maybe you could just have not a stopgap guy, but a guy who he doesn't need to be a stud, a difference maker Mm -hmm. up front on that defensive line. And that secondary, they need a stud. Yeah. No, you're right. They do. They need playmakers. And he's a playmaker. That's something that we've been talking about for a long time. And I'll I'll go over his numbers real quick. But – According to Spotrack.com, and this is just an estimation, what they think free, or not free, but market value for Deron Payne would be, remember I said big ticket. This is a big ticket. Five years, $71 million, averages about $14 million a year. That's about what it would be. And of course, it's not the guaranteed money, this, that, and the other. But five years, $71 million. I would be willing to say that that's good money invested, right? And I know that when you're signing a free agent, and he's only 25, by the way, I know that when you're signing a free agent, it's always, you know, you're taking a risk. But the reason why you're signing this guy, the reason why Washington's letting this guy walk is because they paid the other guys. It's not because he's a bad player. It's not because he just had a contract year. It's because they already have paid multiple guys at that position and they can't justify doing that when they still have so many holes on their team that they have to, they have to uh, you know, uh, address. So that's why a guy like Jerron Payne would be on the open market, in my opinion. 
I just pulled up the spot track market value for CJ. Yes. Okay. What is it? Fourteen million as well. Okay. There you go. Hey man, fourteen million so, sounds yeah. like they could get them both. So, so no. What? Well, what's the <laughs> what's the year? How many years? And what's the what's the actual contract that they're looking at? Uh, five years, seventy million. Okay, so it's about the same. It's almost the same. Damn, it's damn near the same money. Yeah. Now, see, you can't get both. You can only get one. <laughs> so they got to do. So if Dave Ziggler's listening, he's got to be like, all right, look, look. It's like, what comes first, uh, the chicken or the egg, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> right? What's more important, the D-line or the back end? Yeah, you get the interceptions because all of the pressure. Right. Or you get, you know, the sacks because the, everybody's the getting coverage. locked down. Yeah, the great, great coverage. Great coverage, yeah. So, see, there you go. So, that's what makes it difficult. So, you went with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, safety with the Philadelphia Eagles. I went with Deron Payne, defensive tackle from Washington. What say you, Raider Nation? 702-365-9200. Of course, our don'tbebroke.com text sign to 69187, keyword r Of course, that's the question we'll ask Adam Hill as well when he uh, when when he comes up in just a few minutes. Uh, I got a text. My uh, pick was Roquan Smith, but he got paid by Baltimore. Maybe now Devin Bush or Levante Davis from Tampa Bay. So there you go. A couple linebackers right there. Uh, Levante Davis is actually some, someone called in yesterday and uh, mentioned Levante Davis, and that's a heck of a player. The Raiders need, especially defensively, and I love the fact that folks are going after the defense. You went after the defense. I went after the defense. This texter went to the defense. The defense needs a complete overhaul. I do think that they should uh, use a lot of their draft capital on the defensive side of things, but I understand where it was coming from. The defense needs so much addressing, and I'm so glad that folks are looking at the defensive side of the ball. Mailman Raider Max said, Q, my one guy would be Levante David. I don't think the Raiders are going to go D-line after drafting two uh, last year. Okay, uh, that's, that's okay. That's, that's, that, I, I like it, but I do think that they can still address the, the defensive line because, well, they, they, need, to get, they need to get guys that are, are dudes, difference makers, like absolute studs. So I think they can still go with the defensive line, but Levante David, that's another vote for him. Uh, let's get one more uh, text. The 209 is Joseph in Denver said, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave from Philly or Deron Payne from the Commanders. Need pressure up the middle to go with Max off the edge. That's Joseph in Denver. I agree 100%. Got another texter. Interior defensive line. I like it. I like it. 702-365-9200. Who we got up first? John in Vegas. John, right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, uh, I, I'm pretty sure um, you guys might have to check, but I think Jeff Akuda's contract is up in Detroit. Mm. Um you know, having a corner. I think they were talking about exercising a fifth-year option, but I don't know if that's something they would want to deal, try and get somebody like him. I mean, he's a good coverage guy, and he's got speed. I think he'd fit in the Raiders pretty good. How are you? Are you are you concerned with the injury history? Yeah, well, so uh, he did that. He, he was obviously he was injured early on, mm-hmm. and but he's been healthy this, uh, uh, you know, this year, and he's played well this year. Okay. So. You know, I don't know. It's just something. It's another thing to consider. Okay. All right. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. Did you take a uh, take a look on Akuda and see if he's available? I don't know. He was the same draft as um as what's his name would have been uh Damon Arnett. Yeah, he's twenty twenty, so he still would be under contract next season. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. So there you go. So he's not quite available yet. Uh, me, I, I like Jeffrey Akuda. I actually covered him in high school. Uh, but I, I just I get a little nervous with his with his uh, injury history because it was lower body injury, right? And and corners, uh, those, they need their legs, man. They need their legs. They need their Achilles. You know, all the those kind of injuries make me nervous with those type of guys. Uh, even though you know an Achilles is always going to be a, a massive injury for any player, but uh, guys that need that speed. But I'll tell you what, man. Coming out of high school, like everyone knew Akuda was going to the league. Everyone, and when he went and decided to leave the state of Texas and go to Ohio State, man, the state was angry. The state was angry because it was one of those situations. And look, UNLV has the same problem, keeping talent home. Well, Texas, you know, every if you're in Texas, that's home, right? You can go. It don't matter where. You can be from Waco, Texas. You go anywhere in the state of Texas to college, you stayed home. But if you go outside of the state like he did, he went to Ohio State. It's all, man, it's like enemy number one. Why, why can't we keep the guys home? Why can't they do that? Even if they go to Oklahoma, why can't you keep the guys home? That was one of the biggest issues, man. Hearing guy and me being an outsider, right? Obviously, I was in Texas for a long time, but me being an outsider, it used to be so funny hearing people call in and be like, "Man, I'm so tired of these Texas boys going out of town," you know. And, and I was just up there dying. I was like, "Well, who's winning in Texas? Like nobody's winning. Like why? Why are they going to Alabama? I said because they're winners." They go to <laughs> Texas will be a powerhouse if we could keep all of them boys from that's, Texas. And home. that's what they kept saying. Exactly. And I was like, no, Alabama's putting cats in the playoffs every single year. That's why they're going to Bama. That's why they're going to Ohio State. That's why they go to Clemson. That's why they're bouncing out of the state. But man, what do you know? You're from California. <laughs>
they get so mad at me. I love me some Texans, but man, they would get so mad at me sometimes. It was funny, but that was one of their big issues. They always wanted to keep all their talent home, and I get it. I absolutely do. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Eddie in LA. Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing, Q? Hey, what we're blessed, man. Bring on the pain, baby. There That's you go. Right there, the defensive tackle. I know that they picked up a couple of his previous drafts, but those guys are on rookie contracts, right? We need depth. What better to have a proven leader in the middle? But it all it, it all depends. Here, it all depends what they're going to do with the quarterback. Because if you go out and they do do the whole Brady deal, well, it's, you know, whatever, yeah. however you feel about the guy, you're going to need to solidify that line for him. So mm-hmm. with Orlando Bloom out there, I, you know, I'm sorry, Orlando Jr., uh, he's a guy that you can maybe kick the wheels on, uh, throw Miller out to the right and put him at left or vice versa. Uh, but it all depends what they're going to do with the quarterback position first. But if it was my choice, bring on the pain, baby. All right. You got to put recreate that push. I think the back will take care of itself. You don't need to go crazy paying for it. They can uh, uh, build up through the draft in the back. But if you have that push in the front and you got mad, you know, Mad Max going crazy on one side, hopefully Jones can do something in the second year. You got you got something cooking there. There you go. I like it. Eddie in L.A. Fire it up, man. Hey, I did something right. I started talking about Jerome Payne, and now they got they got a phrase. Bring on the pain. Brady in Vegas uh, tweeted us, or Brady to Vegas actually tweeted at us and said, Jerome Payne, we need to bring some pain in that defensive line, baby. Earn. Earn 1681 on Twitter. That's an easy call. Go with the top offensive tackle or top defensive tackle. Weakest point of the Raiders squad. I agree with that 100% as well. Speaking of offensive tackles, that could be a position that they go at number seven overall. Uh, of course, we'll talk to Adam Hill about that. We'll talk to him about who he'd bring in as a big ticket. You want to get one more squeeze, one more call in? Yeah, we got Colin in Vegas. Colin, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's, what's going on, Q? You know what, man? I got, I got to agree with you guys. We need uh, Deron Payne because uh, remember against the when we played the Chargers, Killer Reed was just bringing that interior pressure, and Mad Max was just killing that that right tackle. So I think if we do get Payne, man, I mean, look at the Niners, man. They've been drafting interior line for the last, seems like a decade, and their defense is always great. Uh, but the good front seven will help out the back end, man. So let's go get pain, man, and bring some pain to the to Mahomes and Herbert, baby. Go Raiders. Thanks. There it is. There it is. I like it. I like how you think, Raider Nation. Well, 702-365-9200, that's the call-in line. Don't call us quite yet because we do have Adam Hill from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show next. We'll talk about this. We'll ask him that question and a lot more. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. The question that we threw out there to you, if you could help put this roster together for 2023, you can get one high-ticket free agent offensively or defensively. Who or what it would be. Had a lot of responses for Deron Payne from Washington, but we want to hear from you, 69187, keyword r and also uh, by way of Twitter. And matter of fact, Lady Raider 559 hit us up and said, Jesse Bates, safety from the Bengals, Levante David from Tampa, linebackers, a major issue. So Lady Raider 559, thank you for your response. I do appreciate you, and we'll ask our next guest that as well. Right now, joining us on the phone lines is Adam Hill from the RJ and also our sister station on ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. And Adam, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you and yesterday on the show we were talking about free agents that the Raiders have they got 26 under unrestricted free agents uh, going into this offseason Josh Jacobs Jared Stidham we said is, is option A and B that they have to bring back both of those guys they need to bring back out of those two dudes is there anyone else you could think of that they need to bring back yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, Jacobs is the first one that comes to mind, and I I don't know that he's actually going to reach free agency. I think if they don't work out a deal, it'll be, um, you know, so, some way of keeping around with a tag or, or however they figure out doing it. But I just I can't imagine after the season he had, even though I think they went in uh, to this, you know, to, to taking over this organization and, and building the franchise thinking, hey, we're not going to invest in running backs. That's not the way to build a team. And I think most uh, in most cases that's true. Um, I just feel like this is the situation where you come in, you probably see not only what he does on the field, but in the locker room, what he means to everybody, how he plays through pain and everything else, and um, just the, the leadership that he brings. And I, I think that it kind of changes the whole generation, you know, the whole organizational philosophy uh, on the running back position. So um, I do think that, that they were thrown off by that. I think it's, you know, in retrospect, they probably would have, you know, picked up that fifth year option on him, but uh, there are ways to rectify that and make sure he doesn't get away. So I don't think he's going to get away. 
Um, still, it'll be interesting. I think that's a a fascinating kind of a glimpse into, uh, into how they want to build this quarterback position. I, I think ideally they go with a big-name veteran and then draft somebody, but I, I think Stidham's a guy you probably want around. Now, the the issue is he might be going into a free agency period where uh, he, he he gets a contract from somebody after playing a couple of very good games, including one really good one against the best defense in the league, and he might have priced his way out of Vegas. So, you know, we'll see how that ends up shaking out, excuse me, but um, I, I think everybody else is, is kind of on the table. I, I don't mm-hmm. know that there's anybody they're married to. I think that's kind of why they uh, why they structured a lot of deals the way that they did, certainly with the Derek Carr deal that they can get out of after one year. And um, I think the, guy, the guys they brought in were guys that they just said, all right, let's let's bring him in, let's bring him in on a one-year deal, let's build for the future. Because I, I think they want to turn over as much of the roster as they can and, and continuing to build toward their image of what the franchise is going to look like. So I think there's going to be a significant amount of turnover with all the rest of those guys. You know, I wanted to look at the defensive side of things real quick, and Denzel Perryman and Jerron Harmon are two guys that their names were brought up a lot on Tuesday's show. Uh, would you have any interest in bringing those two guys back, or would you put them as a priority? I, I don't – I think, uh, like, what we think and what the team thinks might be a little bit different. I think Harvard is a very interesting case uh, because I think he's another guy. And, let, you know, you can, you can put Thurman into that as well. That, uh, guys that bring more to the team than just what they do on the field, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Harmon, in particular, a guy who um, – and this is – look, this is going to sound self-serving a little bit, but I think it's important to bring it up uh, for, for one, you know, for one reason that it helps the rest of the team – Deron Harmon is always willing to speak to the media after even really, really bad losses and and really just bring honesty and all that stuff. And I know fans don't necessarily care about that, but the other players do. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want to do it. And he, he steps up to the microphone and he'll, he'll, he'll answer the questions, and he doesn't want to. He's not excited about it necessarily, but he will do that. And I think that is a, a really, really underrated aspect of certain players. Uh, that people don't necessarily see on a day-to-day basis, but it matters to the other guys in that room who might not be willing to do it, might not want to do it, and it matters to you know the organization to say, look, we need guys like that around. And you know, it, it's not like he doesn't bring anything on the field. He does. I think he's a very good player. I think he brings a lot of leadership um, and some understanding of, of what they're trying to do. But um, those are things that I think not many people factor in, and not necessarily factored into assigning a guy, but they're important to have around. Yeah. No, they are, and it's funny because Jerron Harmon was one of the guys that I voted for for the Craig Long Award. I mean, Josh Jacobs won it on Monday, Paul uh, Gutierrez, he, he introduced it and, and gave him that award, but uh, myself and Damon, we picked uh, Josh Jacobs, Amik Robertson, and Jerron Harmon for that exact reason. What you just said is that those guys are willing to talk all the time. Yeah, Jerron Harmon was my number one guy. Okay. Uh, I voted him number one, and uh, Josh Jacobs, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I was kind of on the same boat as you, and again, I... Again, I think people are listening to it like, what do, what do we care about that? But it, it does matter, and mm-hmm. it, it is something that kind of is important, a very uh, underrated, important part of, of guys that you want to have in your locker room. No doubt. No doubt about it. Again, Adam Hill is our guest here from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Of course, ESPN Las Vegas as well. Cofield and Company, DeMond's got one for you. In your most recent article, you wrote that it was a season full of lessons for McDaniels. What do you think was the biggest lesson that he should take into next season? Oh, man. Well, hopefully – Hopefully he learns a little bit about uh, you know fourth down decision making. Mm. Um, I think I think, think there's some times where it left a lot to be desired, but um, there were some some positive moves that he made in that area. I think, but I, I just think it's more of, of how he deals with um, with people, and and I think he did learn that lesson from his first time as a coach. But it's a lesson that needs to be learned all the time, and I think that there were some some strides that need to be made. I think there were some you know connections that you know he didn't quite. Maybe have at the beginning of the year that he started to, to develop a little bit better later in the year, and I think guys started to embrace him a little bit more. But I think the the dealing with personalities, dealing with people aspect of being a coach is something you always have to continuously learn. And I think he he seemed to just talking to some guys that it was you know it, it was a work in progress as he gets to, got to know everyone and um, got a better understanding of the guys in the room and, and all that. And um, I think that that is a lesson that you continue to to uh, take forward. You have to do it every year, though. It's not like it's not like you it's something you learn and you're done and you never have to do that because it's always a new locker room. It's always new guys and. You have to continue, to continue to work on building those connections, and I think that's something that did not happen in Denver, and it was a big reason why there wasn't a lot of success, and I think that he's getting better in that regard. But can you expand on the fourth down decisions that you said? Were there certain plays that maybe the analytics or the numbers said that they should have went for when they didn't? Yeah, many. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a running thing. It's not just him, though. Like, it's coaches all over the league. There's, there's almost never – look, Andy Reid, I think, is really good. He made a ridiculously horrific decision in that last game. I mean, a 4-2 from the plus 42, up 7-3 in the first quarter. There is no chance on planet Earth you punt that football, and he did. 
And so, I mean, even some of the really good coaches make really, really bad decisions. And this is not, you know, it's not really opinion-based. Like, there is, there is data. There is mathematical formulas. It's not a hard thing to do. And you should have a guy on the sideline telling you these things. And not all coaches do it because they like to coach by feel and that sort of thing. But, you know, that's what gets you in trouble. And, and a lot of times, you know, people love to second-guess when it doesn't go right. And they don't point it out when it, when it does, right? Where somebody goes for it on fourth, you're just like, okay, yeah, good job. But if they miss it, I can't believe they did that. Why wouldn't you punt? Like, it's just it's silly how we have conversations about football sometimes. Um, but he does. And, and look, I, I think there is a lot of times he's going on field. I mean, in the last three weeks, or last three weeks, I think there was three occasions where they had like a fourth and goal on the one or the two. And I think they went for it twice and, and kicked it once. Like, it's not a field thing. You should, be doing, you should be doing consistently the right thing, making the right decisions. And by the way, part of going for it on like a fourth and goal from the one or the two that people never talk about is if you don't get it, the other team is starting at the one or the two, mm-hmm. and that oftentimes turns into a short field for you on your next possession and you score, and nobody ever points out, like, oh, that was set up by the fact that you went for it and didn't get it, but you still scored a touchdown out of it. And nobody ever talks about that, but it is part of the equation. I don't want to play the what-if game too much. What if? <laughs> but yes, what I'm going to ask you, what if that? ask you what if. Do you think some more aggressive play calling maybe could have led to a win or two more for the Raiders this past season? Well, look. I'll, I'll say this, um, and I'll, I, I'll try to—I uh, was trying to think of a way to, to kind of curb it, but I, I won't. I'll just say that I think that there was a point in the season where they lost faith in their quarterback and were not were not calling a lot of plays that were quote unquote aggressive um, because they didn't—they didn't feel like it was going to work because the trust just wasn't there. I think that was that was pretty evident in a lot of the decisions that they made this year. And if you watch back some of those games. I think you'll see that. I, I definitely think at some point that, that trust just wasn't there anymore. Talking right now with Adam Hill here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So I want to go back to Jarrett Stidham because it was a two-game sample size that we were able to see, and he did play well, uh, like you mentioned. To me, Adam, he's more valuable to the Raiders because he knows that McDaniel system. But, I mean, in, in reality, do you see an, an, uh, an opportunity for him maybe to get some more playing time elsewhere outside of the organization? It's possible. Look, it depends what they do, right? I I would think that, you know, we all we all know the names that are out there. We mm-hmm. all know the rumors that are out there, and I, I think they're based on very very good information that you know Tom Brady is going to be the top candidate if he plays next season. He's going to be their you know their top target to go after. Um, a guy like him comes in, maybe Stidham looks at it and says, "Well, I'm not going to play this year. Maybe I go find somewhere else to play." But if you don't get, like, again, if people are talking about it like it's automatic that they're going to get one of these guys. Right. That it's, you know, Brady Garoppolo or Rodgers. Like, not, even when you have a plan, it doesn't always work out. What if Brady retires? What if Rodgers retires? Because, you know, a lot of people are saying Rodgers is going somewhere else. I think he might retire. Right. Uh, I heard him talking after that DeMar Hamlin uh, situation uh, on, the, on the Pat McAfee show, as he does every week. And he, he was really kind of being honest about, look, you see something like that, and you're like, why am I doing this? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't need money. I don't need anything else. I, my legacy is pretty secure. Like, why am I doing this? And so I, I think there's a chance he walks away, and that now you're looking at maybe Jimmy Garoppolo goes back to the 49ers. Who knows what happens there? And then all of your targets are gone. So then if, if you're going to say that they're going to draft a rookie and not have one of those big-name veterans, it makes a whole lot of sense for Stidham to maybe be that bridge quarterback, right? I mean, I think that would that would be a very possible thing. So um, I think that there's there's a lot of moving pieces that can happen. I don't think it's out of the question that Stidham is back. I think they probably want him back. Uh, but he might see a scenario where there's playing time elsewhere, and he might go after that instead of coming back here. So, you know, we'll see. I think there's a lot of uh, things that are going to change between now and March, much less now in August. Would Stidham be a quarterback that you feel Devontae Adams would be wanting to catch passes from regularly? I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's certainly a question for him. And, you know, he talked about wanting a little bit of say and, um, what they do at the quarterback, and I think that's fair. I think I think really, um, you know, there's going to be a you know a level of trust that he has to have with the team, and that they're going to have to have with him, and in, in order to to have these conversations. And um, if he enjoyed it, I mean, I know look, he he raved about him after those two games. So um, not that he wouldn't, not that he would ever trash a teammate or anything, but right. um, he seemed to enjoy it. And I think I think everybody kind of respected not only the fact that he played pretty well, but the fact that he was willing to just take 
shot after shot, which is probably not good for your long-term future and probably not good right. if you're going to be a starting quarterback for a season or two. But um, he was willing to take it, and, and I think that you know that left people with a, a really good impression of him in that locker room. Yeah, no, I, I think it did. And everybody that we talked to in that in that Raider locker room, they all you know seemed to really like Jared Stidham. So if Adam Hill has the number 7 overall pick like the Raiders do, what is your plan of attack? How do you go into the draft with number 7 overall? What would you do? What, what would I do is uh, I'm a very long-term thinker, and I would probably be trading the pick for a number one next year so I could stockpile number one picks to move up to get Caleb Williams next year. Um, that's probably what I would do, uh, but I know fans aren't going to love that. Right. I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, Justin Daniels and, and Dave Ziegler are planning for you know two three years down the road. I think they really want to win um, as, as quickly as they can and try to try to build up. So um, I think it also depends what you're able to do. Like if if you were to get a Tom Brady, you absolutely have to take an offensive lineman. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any question about that. Uh, you have to go in that direction. I think certainly defensive playmakers are going to be very important too. Um, but you know, uh, I, I look at the, uh, the the tackle from Northwestern. It's uh, Skorinski. I watched a little bit of film on, and his pass blocking is just phenomenal. He's one of the best, most polished uh, pass blockers I've seen in a long time. Uh, so I, I would I would at least consider going in that direction. Uh, but again, we haven't even gone to the combine. We haven't done any of that stuff yet. And I think the combine is a little bit overrated. It's a great event, but I think it's a little bit overrated in terms <laughs> of people start to freak out about guys. But um, you know, we'll see a lot change. But I think that's certainly a, a very poss- very strong possibility going into this draft. You know, one of the well, I had a couple ideas for that number seven overall. Take the best <laughs> offensive lineman, uh, as you mentioned, or else the best defensive you know player right there. I just don't think one of the big three quarterbacks will be available at number seven. I was kind of looking at. I don't. Know, I don't know about taking a quarterback right now, anyway. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily stress out off for trying to go get a quarterback and force it myself. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. is the offensive tackle from Ohio State. I kind of had my eye on him as well, and I know that a lot of people are talking about him. If they were to go get an offensive lineman, say at number seven, would you entertain the thoughts of putting Colton Miller on the right side? Sure, and a little more to guard, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are those are possibilities for sure. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that can happen. I, you know, Colton Miller. I think. Uh, needs to have a bounce back season a little bit next year. I think there were times this year where he was a little bit inconsistent. So I think he was injured also uh, was a big part of that, that he was kind of dealing with some nagging things. So um, that might help a little bit. I, I think there's there, there's going to be a lot of change and a lot of turnover this offseason that um, I think is going to be some, you know, somewhat surprising to where we look at it and say, oh, I didn't really expect that, didn't see that coming. That's interesting. I think that there's some, some pretty big plans. And um, if you, if you want to take a quarterback, I would – it sucks because you know this is there's guys that you looked at as hey maybe you take a, a developmental guy in the third round and not not take a first round pick on a quarterback, but a guy like Anthony Richardson who has just shot up the draft boards recently, now all of a sudden that plan is gone, right? If you were like hey let's mm-hmm. take an offensive lineman in the first, let's find a big name free agent quarterback, let's uh, let's get the quarterback in the future maybe in the third round fourth round to develop him. Well, now I saw Anthony Richardson mocked at like number nine <laughs> last week. That's wow, nuts! Right. So so that was wow. my plan was to go offensive line first round. Richardson in the second or the third, but that might be out the window. But again, mock drafts mean nothing. Yeah, <laughs> we have no idea. Malik Willis was in every first round last year, and uh, he did not go in the first round. We know that. Right, no doubt. We're doing the hypotheticals on the draft pick that the Raiders may get at that seventh pick, but if you could spend the money on one big-name free agent to bring in that's going to be at a top-dollar price maybe, but he's going to be a, a bona fide starter at his <laughs> position. Deron Payne. Okay, that's Hugh's <laughs> answer, but what's yours, Adam? Wait, who did you say? Jerron Payne from uh, the defensive tackle yeah. from Washington. Yeah, I mean, it was, look, to have a to have just a force in the middle of the defense, I think would be very helpful for a lot of different guys on this team. Uh, that would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think th- that's kind of the the direction I'll be looking. I, I'll still be trying to build out the interior of this, of this football team. I think on both sides of the line of scrimmage, there's mm-hmm. a lot of work to be done and. You can't really make strides anywhere else until you're really building in that re- in that area. No, not at all. The trenches got to be built up. And Adam, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you a question that's not really Raiders related, but it is. Why didn't Rich Masaccia ever use Keyshawn Nixon as a kick returner when they were both uh, here with the Raiders? <laughs> oh, is he good? <laughs> you do fantasy football. You know he's good. Yeah, oh, I know he is. Uh, he's first of all. Not a whole lot of uh, kick return stats in fantasy football, so settle down on that one. Uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's phenomenal, and I think that you know Rich Versace has done a lot of good work with him, and he saw something in him, and uh, it's kind of surprising that that this is, he's taken off to the level that he has. He's like he's like a a, pr- a prime weapon, like a Metcalf kind of guy now. He's just running everything back, and Aaron Rodgers raves about that dude every single week. 
Yeah. No, he really does. It's crazy, man. I can't believe how much Keyshawn Nixon has really blown up. Well, Adam, I, are you at the airport already? Are you taking off? Are you leaving the country? Uber. I'm actually in California. I'm flying home. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. That's what's up. Yeah. That'll Season's work. Season's over. Yeah. This guy's jet setting all I over know, the place. man. He's Adam all over the world. All right. Well, hey, be <laughs> careful. Be safe, man. We appreciate you this afternoon, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you guys soon. All right, there he goes. Adam Hill with us from the RJ ESPN, uh, not Central Texas, Las Vegas as well. And it's so funny, man, uh, what's been happening here is all of a sudden we're getting ready to wrap up with Adam, and I, I make a movement with my hand trying to laugh, and I pull out my damn wire here on my headphones so I couldn't hear. And all of a sudden I hit a panic mode, Damon. I was like, well, I can't hear. You scared me. I thought we lost him. I know. I thought I lost me, and I did lose <laughs> me. So, yeah, that's what happens, man. Uh, headphone issues happen, but that's how it goes down here on Radio Nation Radio. 920 got me all flustered. We got to take a break. When we come back, Jerron Harmon in the Raiders locker room. We had an opportunity to catch up with them on Saturday following the game. Adam just mentioned them. You'll hear from him next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's easy to follow along with your favorite Raider Nation radio shows from anywhere. Listen live anytime on the Raiders app or at lvsportsnetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Richard Harris Law Firm. From everywhere they call in, Carson City, Carlin, Winnemucca, Elko, Sparks, and Vegas, all those wins have made us famous. When they're injured, more Nevadans turn to the Richard Harris Law Firm. Because no one knows Nevada like we do, call 444-4444. Henderson, Reno, West Wendover, call us up, we'll talk things over. And don't forget for um. Hey, it's Greg Salerno from Comp 92.3 and Football Halftime Show on 1230 The Game. If you're looking for a mechanic for fleet service, diesel, gas, classic cars, or even your old regular car, look no further than Semper Fi Auto Repair. They have state-of-the-art equipment to make sure your diagnosis is right the first time. Give them a call at 702-379-5409 or go to SemperFiAutoRepair.com. That's 702-379-5409. Also, tis the season, 10% off your next repair up to 50 bucks. If you mention football. Who likes waking up with aches and pains, huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. Nobody. Well, unless you're a boxer, a lumberjack, or a stuntman, that's an easy fix. Tempur-Pedic, the mattress designed to help make soreness a thing of the past. Hi, I'm Dave Mizrahi, owner of Best Mattress. Right now, get a free gift up to $300 with the purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress, plus 72 months no interest financing. So don't wake up with aches and pains. Come to Best Mattress today. Oh, and one more thing. Sleep easy, friends. See you for details. What do you do when you're feeding a hungry group and everyone has a different Portisub's classic sub favorite? You order a spectacular sub assortment. You'll get five different classic subs on your choice of bread with your favorite toppings and sauces. Mix and match your subs to satisfy 10 to 12 of your family or friends with subs they'll love. Stop by your neighborhood Port of Subs or order ahead at portofsubs.com. Port of Subs, we're slicing up the quality you crave. Slice sandwiches, for Han Nakfi with Nakfi Injury Law. Imagine you've been injured in an accident. Now, do you want an assembly line law firm that treats you like a number and settles early for easy money? Hell no. You want an attorney who does everything in his power to translate knowledge and experience into big bucks in your pocket. Call me now for a free consultation at 702-INJURED. If you've been hurt, Nakfi is the word called 702-INJURED. New year, new you, new VW. Save big this year on your favorite VW vehicles with no charge registration on all in-stock new 2022 Volkswagen models. Everything from the sporty Golf GTI, the popular Jetta, to the family car of the year, the amazing Atlas. Get free registration on your favorite Volkswagen models through 131.23 at Finley North VW in Centennial Hills, one mile north of Annan 95, or online at FinleyNorthVW.com. Excludes prior deals for Nevada residents only. Get in the game at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Catch all your favorite teams on the -the state-of-the-art 60-foot video wall. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar has amazing food and drink specials like you call it cocktails for 12 bucks, beer buckets for 35, and great deals on pitchers. Come early for the weekend breakfast specials with bottomless mimosas and Bloody Mary pitchers. The betting kiosks are open 24-7 and parking and valet are always free. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Must be 21 or older. Please read responsibly. Management reserves all rights.
License number NSCP 794150079414. Ever see what people put down their drains? Every day, we'll unclog any drain for just $80 with up to a 30-foot drain snake. And we don't tell anybody what we find in there. Get air conditioning and plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L.com. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We've been asking the question, you can get one high-ticket free agent, offensively or defensively, who or what it would be. You might not know the exact name, but you know the position that you're thinking about. Hit us up, 69187, keyword R&R, and of course our Listener line is 702-365-9200. Coming up at the top of the hour, Eric Galco, East-West Shrine Bowl, director of personnel. He'll join the show to talk about everything going on with the Shrine Bowl, the players that are going to be there, and, of course, the coaching staffs from the Falcons and the Patriots as well. Uh, one guy that Adam Hill mentioned in uh, our conversation we had with him last segment was Jerron Harmon, a guy that always talks following games. Win, lose, doesn't matter. He always spends a couple time, a couple minutes with us uh, in the media to explain what's going on. He's been great, the fantastic, the year that uh, he's been with the Silver and Black, and he is a free agent, so is he a guy that they'll bring back? Maybe, possibly. We caught up with him Saturday following the Chiefs game, and here's that conversation, a quick one, uh, just about the, the Chiefs and the team moving forward. So if somebody knocks them off, they're going to be the king of the division. So hats off to them, man. They play the game the right way. Um, Great players all over the field. Um, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Um, arguably the best tight end in the league. Um, deep, their defense plays stingy today. Um, and obviously one of the best head coaches and offensive minds that the NFL has ever seen. So I've got a lot of respect for those guys. They do it the right way. They play the right way. And that's the reason why, you know, they won the division seven times in a row. Last thing for me, what was your thoughts on the uh, spinning huddle? you think they're setting something up for the playoffs? Or what, what <laughs> I don't it? know, man. It was... It's a little crazy, but I mean, that's what they do. They think out the box. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it play work. I mean, we got the the uh, holding call on that, but I mean, um, that's what they do. They think out the box when they get down there to the red area. We know it's always going to be some type of gadget or some new formation, a new play. Um, that's what they went with. Thanks, Jerron. Um, you've been a part of a team that played at the highest level. Mm-hmm. You just saw a team that plays yeah, at the highest sure. level. When you look at around here, um, do you see that that's possible and mm-hmm. that's within reach sooner rather than later? Uh, what I see is just the foundation. The foundation was set. You know, um, did we win the games that we wanted to win this year? No. Um, but uh, we made progress. And uh, it's hard to sit here and tell you guys that we made progress and we won you know, six games. But um, when you come to work every day uh, with the same amount of guys and, you know, you see the small steps and the growth, you know, amongst the team as, you know, uh, an older guy, I just say we're, we're stepping in the right direction. Obviously, it's frustrating because, you know, we all had big hopes. Um, but, you know, that's, that's life. Everything doesn't always go the way that you hope to or you wish to. So, you know, go to the offseason, um, get back to work. And uh, set some new goals. Would you like to be back here? I would love to be back, man. Uh, that's one thing that I have. I will say I, I enjoy my time here. Um, it's been a long time since I've been around a group of guys who uh, who care about football the way that I care about it. And um, it was really refreshing. Um, and like I said, I'm a little upset because it didn't go the way, but I just know the foundation is set. And the only thing we can do now is get better. Deron Harmon right there in the Raiders locker room following the game on Saturday against the Chiefs. And you heard him say, I'd love to be back and, you know, seeing guys and being around guys that love football and it's important to them as much as it is to him. Uh, those are the kind of guys that he wants to be around. So I think Deron Harmon, as I mentioned on a Tuesday show, would be a good addition to bring back. We'll see what the front office thinks. But uh, I think he did a lot of good things on and off the field for the Silver and Black in 2022. 2.57 is the time. When we come back, we'll talk some East-West Shrine Bowl with Eric Galco. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.